right. My next guest is Earl of Hell, all the way from Edinburgh, Scotland. What's up, guys? Hey, good, man. Good to be on the show. I appreciate you guys coming on. I'm super excited to have you on for lots of different reasons, which we're going to get into. Yep. The first of being our, our recent announcement that you are officially signed to Slightly Fuzzed Records. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Awesome. Feels awesome. Uh, you guys are one of a couple bands that we're, we're working on getting on Slightly Fuzzed Records, and you guys happen to have some stuff ready, and we uh, put kind of a plan in place and ready to announce it, ready to go on the podcast, do all this kind of stuff. So I'm stoked. I hope you guys are yeah. excited about it. We're surprisingly organized. Yeah. <laughs> We're not usually organized. So, yeah, it's, it's cool that it's all getting off the ground. How long have you guys been together? Uh, so, technically, we first our first jam was 2020. Well, ja- January, end of January 2020. You guys, you guys have been in bands before. Well, yeah, yeah. Me and, Dean, me and Dean were in a band um, for, what, four, four or five years. And then we both met Ryan at college um, and we actually started up something with someone else um, before Lewis and it wasn't really happening or going anywhere. So then we didn't do anything for a while. And then I seen an advert on Facebook or something like that of Lewis looking for to get something started up. So we got in touch and then I was like, I know a drummer and I know a bass player who would be up for this. Um, and that was it. We booked a rehearsal, and I think that would have been ended January twenty twenty. Yeah, and one of the songs that we had written was Blood Disco, and it was uh, I'd tried playing that again with people before. Um, I had maybe two or three practices with other drummers or other players, and it just never kind of felt right. And as soon as Ryan came in, and he came in with this kind of Kaiyasi Green Machine drum straight away, I was like, perfect. That's it. There we go. <laughs> this is our sound, and it kind of. Really took legs. It grew legs pretty quickly. Yeah. So, so we said, well, we only got a chance to have a handful of jams before, obviously, coronavirus put a halt to absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how it started. Did you have a sound in mind when you kind of came together and started practicing? Obviously, you had a song in your back pocket that you said you kind of found that sound on. But yeah. were you guys like, um, we got to start a stoner band or did that just kind of come out when you started playing? I think we kind of talked about, when you, when you, me and you first started talking, we said kind of to do some sort of stonery stuff. And yeah. we were talked about bands like Caius and like Fu Manchu and that, those kind of bands. Yeah. Something along the lines of that. But we didn't really want to say, that's what we're doing. We didn't really want to pigeonhole ourselves. Like, cause... I think with the, with the amount of, we're all, we've all got very... Uh, you know, different and very wide, expansive music tastes. Like we're all kind of into our own different things, but the ones, some of the things we had in common. I think if it had the other guys not come in, yeah, been, you know, I could have went into some sort of post-punky type thing. Yeah, exactly. Or, um, but you know, altogether, the sort of the main kind of the main uh, middle ground is like this kind of stoner rock. Kaius, Black Sabbath. Type thing, yeah. Queens of the Stone Age sort of thing <laughs> that we all collectively sort of have, even though we're all totally different things. There's a few bands that I think kind of help us retain a sound that across we're all on the on board with. Right. So yeah, but yeah, a lot of us are into some weird shit and whatever. But I think it all comes out as well. I think I think that's why, as much as all our songs 
don't sound the same. They're from the same band, right. which I think is quite cool. It, keep, it keeps it interesting. Like when we were warming up at rehearsal, you never know what genre is going to come out. And yeah. It's like, okay, let's <laughs> play the set. Yeah. <laughs> Jams in between can go far and wide. Yeah. <laughs> it's always different. But I think that's good. I think I'm quite proud of the fact we we don't just, well, not to ourselves anyway, we don't sound overly generic or it's not the same all the way through. It does kind of keep it fresh. It can maybe be a bit of genre hopping and stuff like that. So it's it's cool. It's, yeah. I think it keeps you it fun. You like Age and Fu Manchu and stuff like that. But yeah. it's not it's not like, you know, a, so, so derivative of those bands. It's not just like a copy of those bands. No. You're not impersonating anything. You yeah. know, you have your own sound, you have your own thing going on, but obviously yeah. you can you know feel that influence in there and stuff, and which 100%. is which is why I love it because I, I love Queens of Stone Age, I love Fu Manchu and yeah. stuff. So you know, I'm, I'm glad we found each other for, for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stuff because you know, especially Queens of Stone Age. I mean, they're one of my favorite bands. So you know, I'm stoked about it. And, and again, another another band that no album is the same. It's it's really absolutely really yeah. I mean, totally different yeah. each time they they get together, and I think that's. That's what makes kind of this genre interesting is people just kind of do whatever they feel like whenever they feel like it. And I, being a fan of music, I mean, that's the best way to do it to me. I don't, I don't want to hear the same album every single time, you know? No, no, exactly. Unless it's Motorhead, then I can deal with every single album the same. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, like Slayer always comes to mind. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah. Slayer, Slayer, so that's fine. But also, like, we I do. don't want to hear the same thing from Queens of Stone Age each time, so. No, exactly. Yeah, Slayer do what it says on the tin. Like, we are Slayer and all our stuff is this, and it's great. So, yeah. yeah. ACDC. <laughs> can you imagine ACDC doing anything different at this point? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So we've obviously spoken back and forth a little bit, uh, myself and, and a couple of you, but this is kind of our first like face-to-face meeting, honestly, here on the podcast. So yeah. it's nice to meet you guys and, and kind of bounce around some ideas and chat about you know, what you guys have going on and, and what we're doing together in the future. So uh, one of the ideas that I've, I've talked with a couple bands about was doing some sort of Slightly Fuzz compilation and mm-hmm. since a lot of what I do on Instagram with Slightly Fuzz is based on album covers and parodies, they were like, let's do a covers compilation. So yeah. do, you, do you guys have any covers that you currently do? We do a, we do, we do a couple, yeah. Um, we do. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we do. So as you've seen, we, we, do, we do cover Big Bikes by Caius of Wretch of the first Caius album. Uh-huh. But we also um, cover an Osmonds song, um, Crazy Horses by the Osmonds, which does sound like the least rock and roll thing on the planet, but you probably heard the song, and it's a badass song. Um, it's so funny, so hundreds of percent being down to record that. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. I'm <laughs> into it. I've, I've had that. a couple people on here uh, on the podcast, and we talked about covers. And honestly, it's like the best covers are those like random, soft yeah songs those are the best ones to do as, as like a heavy band because you're not just like imitating someone else's work and, and trying yeah. to do it your own way you're, you're like totally taken in this different direction those are always exactly. the best ones anyway you know so i think that, yeah, that yeah. that's a that's a definite possibility here in the next you know so many months is doing like a covers mm-hmm. compilation and i'd love to have either one of those songs on that that'd be cool sign us up you're well up for that Absolutely. yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, any other ideas? What, what else do you guys want to do? Oh, covers wise, covers. 
Well, for well, other covers, well, or, covers wise, or just uh, anything in general. How, do, how are we going to get the word out about we're Earl of Hell? Focus, focus, by focus. No, no. chance. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, idea wise, like obviously that'd be cool to do, like, being on a compilation album thing as well, because that works. That does work great for the bands on it, and also for the label itself. Um, yeah. and a lot of things like that can have a good reach online and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Um, like yeah, I think it'd be up for that. Yeah. So as a band, what do you hope to accomplish? Like, wh- what's the the thing that if it happens, you'd be like, we made it. You know, is it like being able to quit your day jobs or like selling a certain amount of records or yeah. like what I is it as a band that you're you're looking to do? Obviously, as you kind of go along, there's obviously stepping stones for yeah. Every time you kind of reach the next one but for me i've always just wanted to have my own uh work on vinyl and i think I, when i get that in my hands uh, it's going to be like a tremendous you know i've made holy grail yeah i've heard that from a few people yeah i've talked to a few bands that were like it was just getting on vinyl that was it that was yeah, like uh, thing. I mean, know, seeing things on spot i've never had anything on spotify before i tried actually before i never i never managed, even seen so. you yeah i think that's the thing like when you when you see your music on certain mediums whether it's physical or it's digital mm-hmm. i suppose it's got that kind of oh this is real like i'm in a band of we've released something that's been properly released and everyone in the world could essentially hear this mm-hmm. so i think that's it but i think like stuff like um say being able to pack in the day job like that's that's pipe dream stuff really <laughs> when you think about it because the amount yeah. of look at the amount of bands and especially the stoner scene who, who you th- who you would think are this huge stoner band, but they all have day jobs. Yeah. Yeah. You know even the, I mean? the biggest, biggest bands that I've talked to or even just seen, you know, bring it up online. I was yeah. like, Oh, they're huge. They, they're on a big label. They're doing big tours. They're selling big numbers of records. Like this must be the thing. And even them, they're like, just got off of work <laughs> back to the road. You know, it's like, Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> if you're getting, if you're getting into music here in the stoner scene. You're, you're fucked. You're going to be working for a while. <laughs> Exactly. Because we were talking about this recently. Um, I don't know if you're aware of a band called Idols. Mm-hmm. Um, so their guitarist is a dentist, um, and they they guys have like they have been they're huge now. They're doing massive tours and like crazy crazy shows, like three nights in the same venue in the US and stuff like that. He only just gave up being a dentist like a couple of months back. So it just shows you you could be have like three or four albums out. You could have so- sold loads. You could right. be toured everywhere in the world, but you you still need to be working a day job as well. Right. Yeah. Being critical right. claim, selling all your record right now. You're, no, you're, you're, you're still work, mate. you're still a dentist. You, you can't get away from it I think until now. At the end of the day, when right. it does you know if it ever kind of if that road ends and you go back to having to try and get a job again and they look at your CV and you go, you've been playing your guitar for the last four years. Uh, yeah. You know, exactly. Why should I hire you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When, like, when someone retires, like a really famous musician, they want to get back to work again. It's just like, what's your credentials? It's like, I played in a bad, I said a rock band for years. It's just like, yeah, but what does that get? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at th- at that us, point, you, you might as well stay in music in some sort of capacity. You better be a yeah, consultant yeah. or start a label or work for a yeah. label or I don't know, start a podcast or stay out of something, you know, use, yeah, use right. your name or, or something. You're not going to go back to like being a teacher or something at that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think for us, I think for me anyway, I, I would like to see us just 
playing a lot of gigs, um, especially out with Scotland, um, breaking in, building up fan base down in England and like especially other places in Europe. Um, to even being able to play weekenders or week long tours in Europe or something like that, like that for me, that's probably the that would be like oh yeah, we've made it. Like we've been able to go and do a tour like in another country yeah. and yeah, and people come out to see. I think that's kind of for me. That's the that's almost the dream. But obviously, making it huge and stuff. Obviously, that is, would be the biggest dream. But I don't think that. I think it's unrealistic to think about stuff like that. I don't know if we could actually handle that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could handle that either. Um, but you, you never know. <laughs> so no chance. But when yeah. you get that, like, how hard is it being in a band and, and trying to juggle the day jobs and schedules and going on? A small tour or doing gigs and stuff like how do, how do you manage all that and all stay on the same page it's one thing for like one person to figure out having but... four members in the band at the moment that all work yeah. different shift patterns it's right. hard enough to get us all in the same room at the same time for a rehearsal and you think <laughs> that starting you know as a band starting when you know the country was on lockdown and you, you couldn't do anything else you had no other commitments it was still hard enough then to try yeah. and get us into a room Mm-hmm. When you know some of us weren't working, or we ended up getting our own place. Well, we yeah. did manage to end up getting our own mm-hmm. practice rehearsal room. Uh, managed to hire that, so that that was pretty lucky. So I'm glad we don't have to, you know, try and plan two or three weeks ahead, trying to book one day or two hours in a in a practice yeah. room. In fact, because we can go whenever we want. Aye. So that's been the beauty. That was the thing about lockdown as well. As much as we were in lockdown, we were paying for a room, so. We're like we're still going to use it. We're um, staying safe about it, but we're using it. Aye. Uh, so we spent best part of eighteen months in a room, uh, just writing and rehearsing, and that's all we could do. We couldn't go out and gig. We couldn't record at whatever at points. So yeah, we just sat in a room. And I remember like when we played our first gig, um, and I remember people coming up to us after the gig, and they were like, "This is your first gig." Because and I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie, we were we were so damn tight, and a band that was our first gig should never be that tight. But I think it's because we spent that long just playing the same songs for like two years and not getting out and actually playing them. And when we did it, I think people were a bit like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so it really it done us favors as much as it was, we we were ready to gig, oh, much sooner, yeah, but we, we couldn't. Songs were just flying out, obviously, as well, because you had the time to. You know, you built a jam and then come up with lyrics for the next time we yeah. went in, and so songs were just flying out all the time. And because we didn't have to rehearse for a gig, we could just focus on right. write a song. Well, that's cool. Let's just write another one, and it was just like that for the whole the whole eighteen months or whatever it was. Right. So it's not just yeah, it was it a, like like a lot of people. Or... If you if you played it right, I mean, the lockdown was a great time to be at least be creative, if nothing else. Oh, a lot of people yeah. got a lot yeah. done. You That's know, the they hung down, they put their nose to the grindstone, they wrote music, they practiced music, they recorded music. Seems like a lot of bands that I've talked to like really took advantage of those two years of shit and turned it mm-hmm. into at least a record, if nothing else. Exactly. You know? I've noticed probably as well through times of you know strife and hardship that better music starts coming out of this as well, and people are angry and people are wanting to break out of this lockdown that they've been in for two years. And yeah. the more that it gets the restrictions get lifted and then they get put back on and then they get lifted again. Mm-hmm. It's just becoming more and more infuriating. And I think that the there's already in the last few years become this kind of emerging uh, new uh, punk scene. 
and I think it's just going to explode when you know things finally do get back to normal. Yeah, it's one of the cool things that has came about, and especially when the when the UK music scene is this, like I say, new wave of punk that's kind of rising. Um, and it's cool. It's all. It almost feels like. I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced like a a music revolution in my lifetime. No, no. Whether it's like, like, like grunge or punk or anything like that, yeah. and I think we're, we're that, the, the generation where everything's become way too codified for that to really happen. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about this recently as well. It's like, well, because everything's online, and you know, like everyone, you've got communication with people across the world. Uh, that you know, whenever little sort of scenes do start to kind of develop, they never get enough time to kind of flourish, or you know, you've seen everything already. I mean, I was watching like African drummers on YouTube the other day. I've seen, I've never been to Africa, but I know, yeah, you know, I know, your yeah. mind's already been blown. So, these wee things when they do start happening just kind of dissipate, yeah, nowhere. So, scenes yeah. don't happen anymore. Stoner, I mean, Stoner's a, a good example of that too desert rock stoner rock whatever you want to call it like you know there's plenty of music in the states coming out texas philadelphia stuff like that a little bit but at least half of the stuff that i listen to and people that i talk to it's like greece there's so much like good stoner music coming out of greece you know really across the world you know and just like big scenes over there that are just like running with this stuff and like if if the internet wasn't what it was or if instagram wasn't what it was or whatever like i i have no idea you know? Yeah, is it, is it a th- thousand mods? Yeah, yeah. yeah for Greek, Greek band, they, they are excellent. Like they're so good. I said, well, they've been a long, they've been together for a long time now. But um, yeah. yeah, they're awesome, even awesome even band. truck fighters. I mean, I don't not Greece, but like Sweden or something. Sweden, it's like yeah, they're great. You know, yeah, yeah. That's a Europe, man. This is why we're talking about. We want to go over to Europe and we want to be able to get a bit of a following in Europe because all those countries just love their their hard rock. Yeah. Rock, what's it what's it like in Scotland right now? Because I don't I don't hear Scotland come up a lot, but what's yeah. what's it like? I, think, uh, uh, I don't know. Um it's, it's, Scotland's weird. Yeah, even a, Scotland's different even from England, music scene wise. I think there's just an absence of any sort of scene here. You know, there's there's kind of like uh RA, you know, art school type of um in Edinburgh in Edinburgh in particular, like, yeah. You know, See, that's kind of almost like a sort of the post punk type thing coming mm-hmm. back again. There's a new sort of wave of that, but not like I was saying, nothing really starts to uh, see, you know, the, the way I've always seen it is Edinburgh's the capital city, but it's very ge- geographically enclosed and the university spoils the city. So every three to four years, all your promoters, anyone that's booking your gigs, they all change. And so there's never really a scene develops. It's like it kind of goes through phases and then dies again. Mm. Whereas like, and then Glasgow's always had a bit of an indie thing going on. So you never really get much of a, a scene for the heavier music that stays. Yeah, mm. I mean one thing that Scotland has always had is, a, is quite a good punk scene, and that stems right back to like the seventies. And that actually yeah. it's weird. It's still going really strong. Like all those bands, Scottish punk bands that were playing in the late seventies and early eighties, mm. they're still playing. Yeah. There's so many of them still going, and they still play in Edinburgh and Glasgow and stuff. That's been like the one constant since then. But in terms of like an actual scene, I mean, you've got places in um, in England like um, where idols are from um, uh, down Bristol. Bristol. Bristol have this huge scene going on. They post post punk. There are so many bands coming out, and they're all bands that are almost getting into like a lot of different charts and things like that. And it, it oh, it's all just stemming around this one city in England. But I don't think that's ever happened for 
anywhere in Scotland. Yeah. I know that the only thing in Edinburgh really is that the Jazz and Blues Festival comes around once or twice a year and that just blows up. You get all these musicians that come out of the woodwork that you never knew existed. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, the kind of places that we hang about in the old town in Edinburgh and everything, that doesn't exist there. It's all very, like, yeah. another end of, another side of the city. Like, mm. they must come out at a different time of night. Yeah. All these musicians during the year. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think a lot, a lot of people don't realise how small Scotland actually is. I mean, the UK is small, but like Scotland is really small. Five million yeah. people. Five, yeah, exactly. There's like twice as more people in London than there is Scotland. So it's, it's, it's one of those things like we only have really two major cities and then another two cities that are three cities that are more t- a town but can get called a city. Yeah, sure. Like, so yeah, um, that's why we're kind of looking to just get out a bit more and get down to playing England a lot more, Wales, whatever, Ireland, and then hopefully eventually getting over to Europe. Because I don't want to be stuck playing Scotland all the time. I think there's a lot a lot of Scottish bands, especially Edinburgh and Glasgow, that, that only play Edinburgh and Glasgow and they don't seem to venture out. And I just think sometimes that's quite a... It's a waste almost, because you could be this excellent band, but you're not going going out further enough for people to hear you whereas that's where I'm determined with with us we're doing that I feel like you yeah. can play five gigs in Edinburgh in a year span them out and it'll be the same people that are at every gig yeah not that that's a bad thing because it means yeah. that I mean it's, it's definitely a good way to get your chops up that's great yeah there's, there's a lot of bands even even in Chicago and stuff kind of around where I'm at but you know if you stick in Chicago and you're doing good in Chicago that's great, but at, at yeah. a certain point, you know, you, you got to prove it to other places too if you if you want to do anything with it. But exactly, yeah. Exactly. So tell me about tell me about some of those gigs that you've done, it, specifically one on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually done two Halloween gigs. We done we played Newcastle in England, and then we went to somewhere we had played before um, in Glasgow called the Icebox, which, funnily enough. It's quite ironic. It was called the Icebox. Yeah, but I'll let, I'll let Lewis explain the story a bit more. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> what happened is, uh, well, it's Halloween. So, I mean, we knew that we had some gigs coming up for about a month before. And we t- took so long trying to find outfits. And we went through a bunch of different ideas. Willy Wonka and... Uh, I may have been being a little... Clockwork Orange yeah, and, and various things. And things like that. Anyway, just ended up settling for these skeleton um, skin suits, and which, as you can imagine, they're quite tight normally because they're you know you're not supposed to wear anything underneath them or because they'll get hot when you're playing on stage. You're even hotter, and uh, so we all decided we looked at the measurements and stuff, and Eric decides we should all get medium because mediums like will fit. I think Dean should have really probably done with a large. Oh. You were probably a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but you didn't complain about it. And no, I was alright. You were sensible enough. You, you know, you you were ventilated and whatnot. Uh, more than I, I was. Off the plate, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then I remember it was Eric that you made the comment that you were all getting medium or whatever, and you ended up getting yourself a small. Yeah. For some reason. Oh, okay, I'll regret that one. <laughs> the first night went, and we're obviously you're. You know, I mean, you're saying a couple of times on stage that it's bloody hot up here, and as soon as we've done this gig tomorrow. This yeah. is getting chucked in the This bin. is getting binned. Yeah. And uh, and it was the first night was hot, but then the second night up in the icebox, uh, you were wearing a, you had ripped your skeleton suit the night before. So the, the zip had burst on the back of it, and I was like, I can't go about on stage 
with this bust. So I've got like a leather jacket with a, like, a big motorhead patch on the back and stuff. It's like, I'll wear the leather jacket on stage. It'll cover up the fact that this is all ripped at the back. But you had a t-shirt underneath as well. But I had a t-shirt, t-shirt underneath as well. Uh, and yeah, I think we got maybe about halfway through the gig and I was like, guys, like, I, I didn't last well, to, I think I shouted to you, I was like, I, I'm going to have to like get off the stage. We were mid-song when you shouted that, so I heard nothing. Ah. I just heard, <laughs> and then you ran off the stage. I thought, all right, okay, he must be doing a bit. He's going to come back on with a bucket of water and try and, you know, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. Like, but no, I went behind the stage and like, passed out for the heat. <laughs> I just kind of um, seen a couple of people kind of going off stage, to, you know, going off the side, behind the yeah. stage. They kind of, um, and then they weren't coming back. Yeah, I'm thinking, what's going on back there? Some sort of. I was trying to make it to the toilet because I thought I was going to like, be sick with the heat, but then my legs just went from me. I remember I banged my ear off a radiator. It was in the toilet and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't fun. So yeah, they were, you just were kind of left to it. I'm, I'm on a seat like, like this, like dead. <laughs> like still like half passing out and stuff and the professional showman that we are the, the gig went on and we finished it and we, we so it. how long did you guys stay up on stage by yourselves to go and like what the fuck are we doing up here i think no i think you played three songs after uh yeah very long songs yeah yeah because uh, i could hear it going on i really wanted to get it back up and just be like i'll be fine i'll just go up again but like oh yeah, but safe to say that suit was in the bin, like in in the trash can, straight away. Like, we were a wee bit worried about yeah. First of all, we waited until we got in the car and we're ready to go before you started slagging you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, just luckily, Lewis here does backing vocal, so he took up main vocal and just like we'll finish the set and roll. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that too. Like, you just play a bunch <laughs> of instrumental shit afterwards or what? <laughs> yeah, people still loved it. Like, they were yeah. okay with it, but yeah, yeah it was. Um, but yeah, so whenever we do Halloween again, um, um, I mean, something more sensible. Yeah, eighties yeah. wrestlers or something like that. Just, <laughs> yeah, better to go scantily clad. Exactly, <laughs> dress up as Randy Savage or like Hulk Hogan, something like that. That'll do. Be cool. <laughs> yeah. So when you started recording music, um, where did Arrhythmia come from? Is that like a standalone signal? Was that one of the first ones that you recorded, or what? Where did that come from? The second single. That was the second it, yeah. single. So Blood Disco was the first one. And then Arrhythmia. Um, that was a, that was actually a later song. We had a bunch bunch of other songs written before, even before that it one. It was actually you that wanted to do that. And I thought, because I'd only really just kind of written that and, and I think finished all the lyrics. We'd only been playing it for three or four weeks. And you decided this, this is the best song we're going to record this. Yeah, because I, I know I you, you, you weren't overly keen on doing that one. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, but I thought it was one of the songs that had the most sound of a single. Um, but it was quite, quite punky and stuff as well. Two and a half minutes long, yeah. Yeah, two and a half minutes song. Perfect length for a single, two and a half minutes. So, um, yeah, we just went and recorded it, and it, it came out really well. Um, and that's when we started using a specific person for mastering as well. Um, a guy called Reza for Cryonica Audio. And the first time we got Blood Disco done, we never got it mastered. We just got the engineer to do, put a bit of mastering on it. Mm-hmm. Um so that was the first time we had sent something to be properly mastered. And remember, we got it back. And we're like, yeah. holy shit, this sounds great. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Um, so, yeah, we put it out and it done not too bad. And we managed to get quite a good few minutes of listens and stuff on it, Spotify and things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's great fun to play live. Um, it's definitely probably more of a live song. 
yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it came from, it just came from, it was, I think actually it was the first song that we all had our own input and it came from just having a jam in the practice room and then went home, put some lyrics to it and the lyrics have nothing to do with the name. I think the, the name was actually Dean's idea. Yeah, um, we were talking about uh, make a, made a good name for a song. Some, some, somebody we know had a heart problem when we were discussing that, but we couldn't mind what the actual medical term was. That's a good name for the track, just call it that. I noticed, <laughs> I noticed though when we did actually go and record it, that the, the, the guitar riff for it, because there's this kind of jump in it, that when you see it um, on the screen, you know, this, you see the wave so, pattern on the screen. It looks like an arrhythmia, a heart, you know, uh -huh. defect, not like a. Mm. So it kind of actually fits in a different sense. Uh, an EKG, an EKG. That's it. <laughs> so yeah, that that was. Let's say that I'm glad that we did record that one. And again, like I think it shows a different. It's very quite different for Blood Disco, as well. So it's like it's almost straight up punk that song. And like I said, I think it. It's cool to just have a bit something a bit different, and then so, yeah. Let's go back to Blood Disco then. Um, you said that originally you had recorded that at an analog studio. <laughs> yeah. <or something. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I'd always really wanted to record on analog, and I remember this uh, this chap telling me when I bumped into him at a record fair that he had an analog studio, and I thought that was the best thing I've ever heard in my life, and. You know, I, did, I even did a piece uh, when I was at college um, about the difference between analog and digital recording. So I was so in the mindset that we had to, whatever I recorded next for this next band has to be analog because it's how you get all the best things that I listen, all the music that I listened to in the 70s and the 60s, it's all recorded analog. And these are the, this is like the holy grail. So it has to be legit and authentic like this. And uh, Obviously, you have to be a very tight band to be able to, you know, get the right sound and, and you can't go back in and put a thousand different layers, a thousand different tracks on and, you know, overdub this and overdub that. So it Things goes. get bust onto the same tracks. Once you've done that, it's on tape and you can't mess with it. There's just so much that so much thought that has to go into pre-thought and planning that has to go into recording an analog that you don't realise that um, when we were in there, I mean, we were trying to get reverb sounds in the toilet and everything like that. We had big leads extending us through to the bathroom, out to the car park. And the loft. Yeah, and the attic as well. the attic, and there was, like, uh, pigeons flying about and all that, and we were trying to get, like, we are trying to do the chorus, I think, for Blood Disco, and yeah. us two, and the, the guy that was uh, recording us, and... In between takes, we're waiting for the pigeons to fly over our head and hoping that nothing fell on us. And uh, yeah, just it's safe to say it got abandoned. Yeah, um, but we're actually trying to record two songs in that session. There's another song we have as well that we would have been on it, and that that remember that sounded probably even worse than what Blood Disco did. Blood Disco actually sounded all right. It was a good. We we done. It was our first crack at recording it. Yeah, I think it was it was an interesting take because there was a couple of weird sounds in the end that you couldn't recreate that were just there. Yeah, like a some sort of fret noise or something, uh, and like a you know the dropping of a stick that added to the eeriness the whole of the thing song. Of it. But that's the kind of thing that you get in analog recordings that you can't get in 
Digital I mean, that's where like Brant Bjork, he records everything in analog and has done for years. Like, and he just yeah. records it himself. And just imagine trying to work analog and recording yourself. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, but exactly. Most, <laughs> most of the ideas that we have when we're in the studio come when we're in the studio and it's already recording. We go, oh, we'll need to stick this on. We'll yeah, stick that on. There's a there's a lot so, of things you don't hear until you hear it clearly back from the from the door in the studio. And you go, oh, I'm missing like yeah. Like as a, as a bass player, you end up going, "Oh, I'm slightly missing that drum fill," and it, go back and I'll catch that. And you, yeah, you just... I, I would say even even like just doing the podcast for the the little time that I have, the first few episodes I didn't even have a microphone for one thing, and I was like, "Eh, it's fine. I do Zoom calls at work all the time. No one yeah. will notice." <laughs> and like when I go back to edit it, I'm like, "Holy shit, this sounds terrible!" And then I then I wasn't watching it; I was actually listening to like the audio only on like Spotify. Yeah, and and that was when I realized how annoying it is for me to like talk over people or even like just agreeing with mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and like watching the video it's not that annoying but if you're just listening to the sound of it i'm like holy shit i gotta stop doing that that's terrible yeah. <laughs> so like it's like those I'm little things especially when you're like you're gonna hate this later on there's beer bottles under your bottle i was looking at it like you need to stop i apologize i didn't want to be the one to tell you off like it's like it's my house down like <laughs> oh well but yeah and I, I think that must be difficult as well doing it like from america to scotland and you've got that lag you're trying not to interrupt somebody that that must be you must have to get the timing right on that it's it's sometimes tricky and like i you know i try to like like i said like i, I agree on stuff where i'm shaking my head and I, I just try to shut the fuck up because it's just so yeah. annoying <laughs> and sometimes there's a delay i've noticed if people that have headphones on there's often a delay between yeah. our our feed and it's stuff like that where someone starts and then you stop and someone starts and then you stop and it's just like all those little things that you don't notice if you're sitting in the same room talking but once it's on like recorded audio and in your ear in a headphone or something it's it's unlistenable it's terrible yeah it'll be it'll be even worse as well because you'll be you still can't quite make it out because we've got our scottish accents as well you're just like what are they talking about Uh, we are slowing down trust me yeah you're, you're, you're trying to speak quite slow and stuff as well so generally yeah like oh like generally a, we're going to take like a goddamn thing uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah it's cool though like i said we, we had that conversation um last week via yeah. zoom and you had no problem picking up my accent which is great whereas you can go certain places like in england or whatever and they're like what yeah excuse me like you can't but yeah, and believe it, this is actually quite a tame accent. There's some areas of Scotland that even we don't quite understand what they're that? saying. So sure. yeah. Eric and I bumped into a, a guy before we went to go and see the OCs uh, in Edinburgh um, just before Christmas yeah. time. And uh, he started talking to Eric about, I don't know, he mentioned one of his tattoos. Or is he a got, patch or something? Yeah. He mentions a patch or whatever, like I love the band and all that. And I'm like, I didn't realise you could speak another language yet. I thought you were actually speaking You thought it was German, German or something. something, yeah. And the guy's just for the, the north of Scotland. North of Scotland. <laughs> and he's chatting away and I'm not understanding a word of this. Yeah. <laughs> I've, had, I've had a guy on here that was from, I think, the UK or something. And just the last one that I did, the guy was from France. Right. So, you know, there, there's tricky ones sometimes. And I'm not particularly yeah. good at, at picking up on some of that stuff sometimes. I mean... You know, I come from I come from the Midwest of the U.S., so like we're about yeah. as like redneck as you can mm-hmm. get, and like not used to other people. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, why don't we play Blood Disco? We talked about the recording of it a little bit and stuff. So let's give people a taste of what we're talking about and uh, check out this first signal from uh, single from you guys, Blood Disco. Huh? This is now a new mix of it as well. So this is one that's going to be... Sounds better than before. It sounds, yeah, it sounds a lot better now. So cool. And no, no pigeon noises or, or anything in this one. No pigeon noises, no, no. <laughs> So that was Blood Disco. Anything else about Blood Disco we should know? Um, actually, see, you 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 don't like going on about it, but I like actually where you came up the the idea for it. No, no, I like <laughs> I like that though. I think that's quite cool. It was a bit from uh, I, I, this, the title was kind of stolen. But I won't say where from. Acquired. It was acquired. It's not even acquired. It's not. It's not as if it's copyright. I'll say it then. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the the TV show Glow. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And yeah, was, and, I, I, yeah, actually, I've watched it. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know the the, the screen, the, yeah, the screenwriter Sam. Um, one of his screenplays is a a, a vampire flick called Blood Disco. So that's kind of where the name was. Sort of like that's where the kind of the influence. But yeah, which is funny nice. because like you 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 told me that and I was like, oh, you, you've watched Glow. Because yeah. like, both me and Ryan are like big wrestling fans. 
and like Lewis isn't, but it's just like you you've seen glow and yeah, so yeah. But I quite love that. I quite like that story. I think it's quite cool. It was actually that kind of because he was writing these kind of gory horror type screenplays yeah. and stuff. And I thought that's a great name for a song. Mm-hmm. And it just I got all these. It, the, just the name Blood Disco puts all these images in your head, and it just gave me such a visual. I think a lot of our songs come from that kind of like they've all got a sort of visual aspect about them. And like I've mentioned that, you know. We're, obviously we're quite we're big kind of movie buffs and we, we like our, our movies and um, especially kind of Tarantino sort of stuff and like our old school horrors and things like that and we just um, each song could be like a kind of soundtrack or something you know yeah. like there's the first track on the the new the new EP that's coming out um, is got a kind of western wild west type you know theme um there's witchy themes there's you know yeah so we don't write love songs so it's like it's we should give it a bash we should give it a bash we should we should have a we should have a love song but um but we've not got one yet we've not got a ballad yet we could definitely do a sort of jesse's girl type thing yeah exactly (laughs) it may come at one point you never know we might sell out and just do all I love balance. <laughs> oh yeah, I love my Barry White type stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought of when I was listening to Blood Disco, though. Too was like a B movie kind of thing, where you know it could be like the the intro music behind the cre- opening credits or something of yeah. a movie called Blood Disco or something. You know, that's that was kind of the imagery that came to my mind. So it's interesting that you said that. But we actually thought about the name as as a band name as well. Yeah. Um. At one point, I, oh, that was in it. Like trying, <laughs> trying to get a band name sorted for us was one of the worst. We read there was a few titles that. Yeah, I think we had four, maybe four or five band names at one point. And we just kept changing it. We got ah, ah, ah. It sounded great for the first little while, and then it was ah, oh, no, I don't think we should. We're trying to get something that because we were quite like adamant that we didn't want to get sort of. Um, boxed into one sort of genre and we're still trying not to just do something that's too derivative or whatever um, there are some names that really just take you into or just I mean I know that some of the best bands are kind of like say the Beatles came because of this they're playing beat music and eventually you grow out of the name you become bigger than the name and and you just right. it just becomes its own thing but especially when you're starting out, it's got such an effect. If you if somebody asks you, I always used to think that if the test, the best test for whether you had a good band name or not, is if you're if you're somebody of sort of superiority or whatever, like a, your boss or or an, an older family member was to ask you what your band name is, and you, if you cringe yourself when you tell them it, then it's probably not it's probably not good for you. Yeah. yeah. Trying to tell you know my my granny that my band's called Blood Disco. Yeah, <laughs> you might want to hear one of our songs here. Yeah, I'm trying to remember some of the names that we had. Um, Hot Wax, Hot Wax was one which I still quite like. Hot Wax was quite um, the Sliders, the Sliders as well, which is that based on the Slider by T Rex, the T Rex album, the Slider. It ends up sounding like it's a jobby. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a shit, a slider. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> we put the cow, the cow watch on that one. Um, there was another one that we had as well. 
before the sliders, we had something. This is torture, so maybe just forget about it. Yeah. Ah, it's fun, though. It but is fun. Just, there's so many, there's so many weird band names out there, and it, it, the, the stories behind them are always really interesting to me. But like you said, like being able to tell people with a straight face, like what the name of your band name is, is yeah, kind yeah. of important. But see, there's I'll, plenty I'll of bands out there. I mean, there's one that we've talked about on here a couple of times called like, um, um, shit, now what, what was it? Um, something, something fucker. And I'm like, that's going to be a tough one to sell. I mean, you're going to put yeah. that on your, every yeah, album. Saying, you're gonna I, tell I love that the was... band names, like, and like, like the butthole surfers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great band name. Great band and great band name. Um, it is Matt Fox Beeline Disaster. Exactly. There's a band you may be aware of. There's a stoner band called um, the Golden Pig Electric Blues Band. I, I don't know that, actually. Yeah, ex- they're they're great. But yeah, the Golden Pig Electric Blues Band is like, that's fucking excellent. Like, that is such a good band name. Anal Cunt. Yeah. Anal Cunt. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like- <laughs> I mean, chances, chances are is that their parents are probably very aware that they're... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd love to be that guy who doesn't give a shit that can just, yeah. you know, happily announce in a room full of his own peers that, like, yeah. band name's called Dano Cunt. But... Imagine going up to your, your, your grand asking you, what's your band called? Yeah. Yeah, 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 my band's called Dano Cunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you yeah. spell that? To your grand. How do you spell <laughs> that? <laughs> Back in talk to jury service. Ah, oh, but Dano Cunt. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. But I think that's why we took so long and decided on a band name. And the reason we we did go with with Earl of Hell is there's a we really wanted to have something that was almost um, Scottish related, mm-hmm. and there's an old Scottish saying uh, which is uh, as black as the Earl of Hell's waistcoat. Um, obviously relating to like the devil as much as we're not like a we're not a satanic band at all in the slightest. And I think that's maybe like which makes it even funnier. It's it's almost it's ironic. Like it's we're yeah. We're not like that at all. Um, but it's like yeah. a little, little tongue in cheek almost. Exactly. exactly. That's the, that's the way we I thought think about if it. If we were like really a kind of heavy metal band or like a sort of thrash band or something, Arrow of Hell might just be a bit too generic almost. Yeah. 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 We're, we're kind of dipping our toes in that kind of hell, heavy realm, you know. It's like it's, the, sto- the story e- Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if you're aware of the story behind that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's not there's nothing to do with death metal, but it's because someone heard them play and like you guys are the eagles of death metal, right? Like, I, yeah, uh, that's like, the first one that came to my mind too. Was it's such a good story and like it such a good explanation of how you came to your your band name too? Is like, well, we're kind of like the eagles of death metal, death metal, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's stuck, which is great. Yeah. Um, and so, also like the eagles like sell the amount of albums and vinyl that they're still selling. If you're yeah. behind the Eagles in, you know, order of alphabetical order, then... Exactly. <laughs> Eagles of Death Metal are next. So. Aye. Aye. Yeah. Earl, uh, Earl of Hell is always kind of funny to me when, when we first started talking and stuff, because, like, here, Earl doesn't mean anything. It's just a, a name of, like, I mean, some random yeah. dude. And yeah. it's probably, <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, it's a little so rednecky of a dude. <laughs> anyway, like... He might be a redneck kind of a dude, yeah. <laughs> and it's just Earl of Hell. I quite like that as well, though. Somebody did yeah. comment on one of our posts recently as well and said that. Uh, oh, and also top uh, name as well. My name is Earl. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, but you're doing a good job of pronouncing that as well. Actually, I think it doesn't help with our accents that 
Errol has a kind of a d- two two syllables as well, and it's yeah, a yeah. bit of a tongue twister here. Yeah, and so a couple of people have, have introduced us as other names. Aye. it just gets caught up. Or sometimes like the Errol of Hell, it's just there's no there it's just but yeah and an earl over here is obviously it's like a lord it's like uh, within the royalty aye yeah yeah if you look into your satanic uh, you know satanic stuff I I, I did a little bit of research when you when we came up with the name Mm -hmm. and then earl the earl of hell is like satan's bitch basically but yeah (laughs) earl of hell goes out and you know basically like scouts Who's coming to hell? Yeah, um, so quite like that as well. Yeah, we isn't know. Earl like a part of like like Catholic yeah. church stuff though too? A little bit, isn't yeah. there like a Earl and a cardinal? No, and a it's more like it's more like monarchy. Monarchy, monarchy sort of thing. So okay. it's it's the same. like a duke almost. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going like to say something along the lines of a knight, but it's not because you get knighted, you don't get eld. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get eld. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An Errol, an Errolhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's talk about one more one more song, um, "Bitter Fruits." <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got uh, something else that that none of the other tracks that I've heard have. And yeah, that's we, we, we can't wait to, for that to be obviously got to be part of the the EP that is coming out. Um, and yeah, obviously. We've got a new member sort of be coming in on keys, and he's on a bunch of the the tracks on it. So we kind of just sent him the track, and we gave him we gave him free reign. But we're kind of just like make this put keys on this and make it cool. Mm. Uh, and then he, he came back. Well, I remember you messaged messaged us on a uh, <laughs> on Facebook, and you were just like Daniel's Daniel's, Daniel's went rogue. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, you should hear what he's done to Bitter Fruits. And I was like. All right, and then sent us it, and we listened, and we're like, "Holy shit!" Like, was a different song, but I did all this obviously piano stuff at the start and strings and stuff, and an entire orchestra basically is put on this song. And I think the first time I heard it as well, I just I couldn't stop laughing because of how ridiculous it sounded to me. Yeah, and by four or five listens in, I'm like, "This is absolutely genius. This guy is on another level." Yeah, uh, like one of these kind of outside the box thinkers. It like, genuinely who, sounds like we're playing with an orchestra, and it's fucking yeah. orchestra <laughs> on a, like a story. It's almost like it's like, it reminds like the soundtrack to Hell. It's got that sort of yeah. like like yeah, the song in its raw form is tuned lower than the rest of their stuff it's a heavy rock in a song it just focuses on like kind of string hitting fat sort of sound to it and then it comes back with like what daniel's done and it sounds like a soundtrack to an epic blockbuster movie yeah, <laughs> you couldn't believe so is it like, be, is that going to become more of a, a common thing in in early oh, hell? I hope so, yeah um the, uh, the, the western one as well when he heard that he went oh i wish i'd have heard this sooner as well because i would have put horns and trumpets and stuff on this it could have been total ennio morricone type thing um which would have been amazing like, i don't know i don't th- i don't think any of the tracks actually need them he said that himself like are you yeah. sure you want me to mess with this mm. but it totally does take it in a, a different direction and that's what all we were wanting really yeah and but we couldn't have ever asked for that like i would never have known that this track needs orchestration mm-hmm. uh, it needs a like a, a, a what is the name anyway like a double bass tuba uh, uh, yeah 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 it's got a like bass clarinet and yeah yeah 
Crazy. So, guys, I've always, well, for both me and you, I've always wanted to work with like like a keys player or a synth player because I think there's not a, there's not enough really heavy bands do it because it can give you such a different sound and the possibilities are endless. Um, but obviously, finding them a lot of the time is difficult, especially in Scotland. Finding a keys player is like so much so that our, our keys player is from England, <laughs> so. Finding them is um, is quite difficult, um, and yeah, it's got to be cool working with him because um, he's the guy's a wizard, um, and probably going to be the most musically, theory wise, in tune. You're pretty good at that stuff, ah. but um, he's yeah, he knows his shit. So it's handy to have somebody in the in the room that knows what they're talking about as well when you're trying to teach them, and you can't, you don't have the you know, the theory, the literacy to actually describe what you're talking about. So you end right. up just making an arse of yourself and yeah. singing it or, you know, trying to t- trying to teach Ryan, to, or to, not teach, obviously, but trying to play to Ryan what you like him to do on the drums. And As go, opposed to going... Can you do... Yeah. I'm constantly trying to increase my theory knowledge and I'm hopeless with drums. So like no matter what I can do on the bass, when it comes to like asking Ryan to do something on the drums, I'm basically just like boom, ba da da boom, Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's the yeah. bit in uh, the bit. There's a bit in uh, that Daniel does in Bitter Fruits as well, and uh, I was trying to explain it when we were in the practice room the other day, and I'm thinking I'm being all smart as well because I've remembered a little bit of my high school music lesson, and I said the arpeggio bit in the middle there, and then uh, Dean just goes, actually, it's not an arpeggio, it's a Austin Allen. So we we kind of touched on it a few different ways there and just kind of glossed over it like it didn't happen. What are you guys working on? What are we about to do so in the next we, few months? Tell everyone uh, everything you want to tell them about that. I'm working on a six-track masterpiece that takes you from yeah. <laughs> Stone of Rock into the heights of Grand Orchestra yeah. in the Royal Albert Hall. It's a, it's a, a concept EP that's yeah. 20 minutes long. It's like, it, wasn't no. inti- it wasn't intended to have, have any sort of concept, but we must just be so obsessed with it that it ends up, it ends up being about death and um, there's themes of um, vengeance and which burning, yeah, which burning, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every every song's got a theme of death in it, and uh, hence where the name came from. I mean, we had again, we had four or five different ideas of, of the the name. And I think it was Eric came up with get smoked, get smoked, um, because it's obviously it's got two connotations really: get smoked, which means get smoked, get killed, or it could just be in the stoner race, sense, so. get smoked, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I would I would assume that in stoner metal, stoner rock, exactly. most people are going to be like, "Yeah, dude, get smoked." Yeah. Get smoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, it can, well, it's like uh, it's like the Bob Dylan song, uh, "Rainy Day Women," and it's well, no, it's not about it's they'll stone you and they'll kill you. Yeah, but everybody must get stoned in the end. Everybody, yeah, Aye. get stoned. Aye. So we'll we'll take that one. There's so, two meanings. Yeah. So in short, it's going to be a six-track EP called "Get Smoked." Um, like I say, we're really excited about it. I think we're, we're all really quite proud of it as well, the way it's came out. Um, and obviously yourself, you totally dinked it. Um, so yeah, um, I'm looking forward to getting it out there. 
And when can people expect to get their hands on it? Hmm? When can uh, people expect to get their hands on it? So, 29th of April is going to be the release date. April 29th for the States. <laughs> yeah, uh, April, sorry, yeah, yeah, April 29th. For guys in the States, we would say the 29th of April. Sure, so. you can mark it out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, so... April a, April, twi- April 29th. Yeah. Um, Last and obviously week. it'll be coming out uh, on 12 inch vinyl, um, yeah. which will hopefully be there on time. Yeah. We're hoping. Okay. But obviously we're going to put up some pre order stuff up soon as well. There'll be more to come of that next week. But yeah, and of course it'll, it'll be up on all your streaming sites and things like that. But um, there'll be a single involved as well. Which we'll hope will be probably be out. I'm guessing early March. Um, video. Well, music video as well. Uh-huh. Recording that next week, next Sunday. Music video next week, um, which is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Like I say, it's exciting times. Very cool. Well, I I know I'm excited for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure everyone that uh, is listening to this is going to be excited for it. Um. I think it's gonna be awesome. I've I, I've heard I've heard the EP. Yeah. Know. So How I think it's great. <laughs> What's that? How many times have you listened to it? A lot. I've listened a to a lot. lot. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, like it sounds really bad. I think I listen to it like two or three times a day yeah <laughs> it's kind of like if you can if it stands the own t- the test of being able to listen to it so many times a day for the last like month yeah or two months you know then it's good we're not getting sick of it ourselves and hopefully other people enjoy it as well yeah as much to as me i need to put it through like all the different tests like i need to put it on like while i'm working mm-hmm. on, like on yeah. stereo and i also need to put it on like my workout playlist while i'm working out and i also mm-hmm. need to listen to it when i drive and if, yeah. it, if it sounds good in all those different scenarios and situations, yeah, then I like it. You know, yeah. then it's good. So. That's it. I do feel that you just start, but certainly by the end, you'll be driving faster. Uh, yeah, so watch, <laughs> so watch out and running faster. And yeah. yeah, kill the witch. Don't go Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, like I said, uh, and on kind of touching on that as well. Like even in the studio, we're like. I find in the studio, I love being in the studio and working in the studio, but it can get really tedious at times and really repetitive when you're trying to get a song out and you can end up sitting there, especially when it's like drums getting done or something like that. And you're sitting there like, fucking kill me. <laughs> um, I but I, I never, I didn't, all, I didn't but... feel like that at all when, when we recorded this one mm-hmm. at all. Uh, all. All the times I've been in the studio, it, it was fun. And Well, the thing is that Andy uh, Howden that we recorded it with as well really knows what he's doing, and especially drum sounds. He just, like, you know, every song we've recorded has an amazing drum sound. Yeah. And, like, you know, a lot of producers will, will spend a lot of time trying to get that snare right, and it can drive you absolutely nuts, like, you know, doing a sound check in a big hall and hitting the snare for... It makes me sound better than I really am. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll say that. And it just kills this ancient snare that, that sounds like a sniper shot. Use that. Yeah, yeah. use that. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was the whole process was really fun getting it done. And like I said, and it feels bad because we have it all there. It's all ready to go. But obviously, it's not going to be out yet until the end of April. That's the worst part. Right. Is that we've had the we've we started recording this because obviously there was more restrictions put on. We should have had this done in 
October or November or something. But we, yeah, we've had. I think we were originally really planned to release it in January, but because of everything going on, we just yeah. couldn't get yeah yeah the time to do it. So we've been sitting on this for so long; it's really hard not to play it to everyone, you know. Yeah, but at the same time, it's a good thing as well because you you don't want to rush its release because you want you know yourself you want to get out to all all the different mediums to get it either reviewed or build up a buzz before it actually releases. Like it's what we've done with Blood Disco because the very first time we released Blood Disco, we kind of, we recorded it and we put it online like the next day. Yeah. Because right. at that point we weren't really a savvy with the whole release. Well also I felt like how how can we sort of get any excitement or build up on this when nobody knows anything about us or what we sound like or we've never we've never played a gig. We couldn't because we're in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So what what was the point in building up this release? For mm-hmm. who? And I think for who the, I think it's the first single, it doesn't really matter anyway, because no. it's the first band that well, it's the first track no one's heard you anyway. So why are you trying to hype up a single for a band that no one's ever heard of anyway? So yeah. it made sense. Right. It really yeah. does make sense for the first single to just get that one out there, chuck it out. But disco was think. more was more of a demo, I suppose. Um we never got it obviously properly mastered or anything, and that's why we wanted to include it on the on the EP. Because it's it's the first song we wrote, and we still love playing it. We don't get bored of it. And it'd be great to get that mastered. And then obviously Daniel chucked in some keys on it as well to give that a, a little edge. And um, should have had them from the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm quite I'm really happy that it's going to be on a release. That it's going to be on a record. Yeah, a proper release. So now yeah. is, is arrhythmia is arrhythmia going on the record or no? No, 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 no. We we did think about it, um, but we think it's it was done as a, a standalone single, and I think out of the rest of the stuff that's going to be on the EP, it would probably stick out like a sore thumb. It's quite, um, it's almost like a different theme. It's got a different feel. It's a bit more punky than it is stoner. Yeah, and it's. Uh, to be fair, I think it would feel out of place. Um, we still we still play it, we're still going to playing it live. Yeah, um, it might have shown a even more kind of dexterity, you know, like kind of another style that we can play. Yeah, uh, but um, I mean, initially, I mean, we weren't going to have blood disco on it at first either. We we're going to do five tracks, but then we're like six. Six is a bit a better number. If you're if you're putting it on a twelve inch and you're asking people to pay. You know, twenty pounds, twenty dollars, or is it twenty five? Yeah, know. yeah. Whatever uh, it's going to be, you know, give them an extra track. I think <laughs> also, yeah. after, I think also after hearing how Arrhythmia came out mastered, we really regretted not getting Blood Disco mastered. So it made so we really wanted to like get that done, and it's just kind of like really good time to get that done. If we release it on EP, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It fit with a lot of the other tracks, so it really does make sense just to throw that onto the EP as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there was quite well, a few. I'm glad things. you. I'm glad you guys sat on it for a while because yeah. otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be involved here on it. Probably, most likely. Exactly. This um, is why I'm saying. Now, I, I think the timing. I think the timing is, is going to be great because you know yeah. we, we've chatted about it plenty, and you know we've made the initial announcement, and by the time this comes out, I think we'll probably have the pre-order up, and it'll be in the link down below. <laughs> so, yeah. um, exactly. you know, well, release yeah. a single, and, and it'll be yeah. pre-order link here. Wait, no, yeah. Right over, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so ho- hopefully by the time this comes out and everyone's listening to it we should be all like set to go and people will be uh going out and getting this thing here pretty soon and, and by the yeah, end of April, you know get it yeah. in people's hands and stuff so i'm i'm super excited so yeah we are too like i said it's just it's the wait now it's the waiting game for it to yeah. come out 
But like you said, it is good that we've, we're going to be sitting on it for such a long time because it gave us a chance to get this up and going with yourself. Um, plus, all as you know, chatting to everyone else in the stoner community and building a bit yeah. of hype and all that. And we've got essentially three months of doing that. And it's great. So yep. it, it can only be good. Yeah. All right. So we got one more thing to do. Yep. Back by popular demand is a uh-huh. segment called shitting, fucking, or playing. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've, I, I did see this on one of your other podcasts. So, yeah, I know what's coming. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to show you uh, a bunch of images here, and, and you're going to tell me if they are, in fact, shitting, fucking, or playing guitar. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> no! How do you acquire pictures of people shitting? Is it done legally? You you don't <laughs> want to see my search history. You don't want to see what I've, I've seen. So I'm I'm try, I'm trying to think about how how this looks. I don't know. I'm trying to think how it looks though. She doesn't because if it's a photo, if it's a chick getting, are you fucked, thinking she doesn't be, look like a porn star? Yeah, you know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Does she look like a porn star? I don't know. Is she, I think you. I think. Are any of these faces going to be familiar? Probably not. I, uh, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think she's shitting. I think she's shitting. No, I think she's playing guitar. No, I think she's getting dead. I think she's shitting. What about you? Uh, I'm going to go with Lewis. What? She's playing guitar? Aye. Right, so right. we're you're on the same team. We're yeah, on the same team. Yeah. Oh. All right, ready? Yeah. She's fucking. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> All right, there it is. Fair enough. Oh. Shitting, fucking, or playing? He's shitting. That's a selfie. That's a toilet selfie. <laughs> yeah, he's shitting. I don't know. He's shitting. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she's shitting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, she's fucking. definitely fucking. She's right. definitely fucking. Until by that soft light. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> The soft light gave it away. <laughs> we are too good at that. <laughs> oh, he's, he's playing guitar. He's, he's playing yeah, guitar. One hundred percent. He shredded. You don't think that guy's getting laid? <laughs> That's definitely an Ibanez guitar. <laughs> he's playing. Uh, uh, no, that's got that's an Ibanez. That's Ibanez got to bass. be. It's an Ibanez bass. That was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, tricky one. Fucking nah, she shed. <laughs> that's diarrhea, man. I don't know. <laughs> that's a face of diarrhea. Yeah. She, she, she's playing. Nah, she could be looking. That's a dodgy, uh, dodgy bass face. Is that a dodgy bass face? Playing. Playing. Oh, drums. She could be playing drums. Aye. I could be wrong. But I'm wrong with it. I hope she's not. I hope she's not fucking because that's not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> man, I thought you, I I thought I had you guys on that one there for a little bit, but she's playing. Uh, uh, I see. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Oh my god, it actually yeah. looks worse oh when she's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's BDK. It's playing guitar. Aye, yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing. Oh, I hope anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's BB King shitting. Could be both. I've seen the Chuck, I've seen the Chuck Berry video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. I can't kiss you, baby. <laughs> oh, wow. Fucking. Got to be fucking. Shed. 
He's fucking. He's fucking. Yeah, down. He's shagging himself. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's fucking himself. <laughs> oh, oh no! Playing. Playing. He's playing some. He's fucking. Oh, oh he's fucking. Okay, All right, okay. Have you ever had a round where every single one of them's just? He's shitting. He is shitting. Yeah, I think it's a sack photo, yeah. but he is with his shirt off apparently. You know them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, yeah. fucking yeah, yeah. He's fucking. <laughs> yeah, he should be. <laughs> All right, this is the last oh. one. Oh, dive moment, I feel. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Like after. cannonballing at the pool. Um, the night after a Oh, sh- shitting. I believe he's shitting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Game could be both. <laughs> nice. All right. Now, the last part of your Slightly Fuzz Records initiation is showing everyone your shitting, fucking, or playing face. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, do we have to do a pick, pick one each? I don't know. <laughs> oh, there's not this question. You decide. You decide. No, you need to get closer to the camera for that one. That's too good not to be seen. So Lewis is taking one for the team here. <laughs> <laughs> which, which one is that? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> is that shitting, fucking, or playing? That's my, yeah. That's my that could be face. one of your playing faces, actually. <laughs> Excellent. All right. That's all I got for you guys. Um, thanks again for, for being on the podcast. And, and You're welcome. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm so stoked for this, uh, this record to come out and get vinyl out to people. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, it sucks that we have to wait as long as we do, but it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be awesome. So exactly. thanks for being on here and telling everyone about it, and looking forward to it. That's cool, man. Thanks. Excellent. Nice thanks, man. Cheers. All right. Later. Bye.